1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
2: Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people or organizations having a big impact here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. And joining us today is my good friend, Tosca Medlock-Lee. You're one of the busiest people I know. Tosca, thanks for stopping down for us.
3: I am so excited to be here and always hanging out with my buddy, Chris Arnold.
2: Well, let me tell you something. You've got a full plate, and I want to start with Super Bowl weekend. And the reason I want to start with Super Bowl weekend is coming up, and I don't think people realize there is a Dallas connection through you with the big gospel extravaganza. That's been going on with the Super Bowl for the past few years. Please share this because this is something that I think everybody in North Texas should be proud of.
3: Well, you know, number one, I'm so grateful for being on the show, and um, and I thank you that you uh, recognize the fact that the the biggest football game on earth has a North Texas Dallas connection, and 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 that would be me, and mm-hmm. probably many others. But it's a specific NFL sanctioned program that I have been working on. Um, I want to say for about twenty years. I don't wow. want to age myself, but it's been a long time, and uh, and I'm just so so grateful that every year I'm invited to come back and be a part of the production for the Super Bowl, formerly known as the Super Bowl Gospel Celebration, that's been rebranded to the Super Bowl Soulful Celebration, to be inclusive of everyone, uh, other artists. Uh, uh, of faith to mm-hmm. be on that stage uh, to provide inspiration. Oh, excellent. And a lot of great music. Yeah, so we're excited about that.
2: Can you talk about, you mentioned 20 years in the making, the origins, the idea, and then we'll talk about what's coming up the Super Bowl Sunday.
3: Sure, sure. So, Melanie Hugh Harrison, uh, Melanie Hugh is uh, based out of Atlanta, Georgia, and she uh, is the first NFL sanctioned uh, African American woman. Uh, that's received a sanction years and years ago. This is the 25th year that we're entering into doing this particular work, and so Melanie, who who freak she's got family in Dallas, and she frequents Dallas for years. She wrote uh, the NFL asking them if they would consider bringing gospel to the biggest game on earth, and uh, for seven years they told her no, and then in that eighth year, um, she was given. Sanction, and he said hey uh she said that the higher up said if you could bring in you know gladys knight then that's my favorite artist then you know we'll we'll support you with doing this show <laughs> and what they didn't know is that her dad went to high school with Gladys Knight. Look you out, know. small world. And, uh, a small world. And so her father made the call, and um, and she called and said, hey, I've got Gladys Knight. You know, so they uh, honored it, and, and the rest is history, as they say.
2: Well, let's talk about what the program is and how it evolved. It, you don't necessarily see it at halftime. When, do, yeah. when does the show happen? And name some of the different artists who have been a part of it over the years, because this is huge.
3: Yeah, of course. So uh, over the years, over the 20, 25 years, we've had Patti LaBelle, we've had um, uh, Mary Mary, we've had Kirk Franklin, we've had Donna McClurkin, we've had all of the, any of the artists that you, any of your favorite artists that you have here.
2: In gospel, uh, yeah.
3: In gospel, uh, we've had them. You know what? We had Snoop Dogg. You know, is that right? Uh, yeah, we had Snoop Dogg on He the went show. from his
2: Snooper Snooper Bowl <laughs> with where where the kids playing a little football and then he went over to the gospel, huh?
3: You have to remember that Snoop Dogg did a project with uh what with uh, one of the gospel greats uh that's not with us, and the name escapes me, but he did and it was Dorinda Clark mm-hmm. uh, with the Clark sisters. So he did a collab project, and you know, he is a strong uh person of faith and nice. belief and um and so, you know, yeah, so he's been a part of the show and it's, it's just been a fantastic ride. And uh, and so it's just been uh, a space where we come into the uh, to market, to the Super Bowl market every year, uh, either the Wednesday or Thursday before uh, the actual game kicks off,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, we do a live concert.
2: In and that it's, a, show, a, a diff, it's a different venues because I know the NFL blocks out venues for projects that they sanction. They, in other words, yeah. I know I learned that from in Dallas when they came in. They will mm-hmm. block out entire venues because, yep. you know, if they're going to host this, the, the city's going to host the Super Bowl. The NFL has the rights to those venues. And so they block Absolutely. out a venue for you guys.
3: Absolutely. So we are in the Super Bowl sanctioned. Palms Casino Hotel this year in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. It is a venue that uh, they assign us venues. So you're correct. So what they do is that they go into markets, you know, like they already have blocked out all the markets in New Orleans because Super Bowl is there for next year. And so then they do their grid or what have you And any of their sanctioned programs, they'll sign you where you're going to be. Mm -hmm. And so this year, our assigned space is the Palms. Uh, casino and hotel and resort here in uh, Atlanta. So we're super, super
2: excited about that. This is so amazing. We're talking with Tosca Metlock Lee, and we're talking specifically about the it's not It's not the gospel. Uh, the
3: Super Bowl
2: soulful celebration. The soulful celebration.
3: <laughs> just, just think, soul
2: trade right <laughs> <laughs> right 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 and, and, and who, so who
3: doesn't want some soul, right
2: exactly so you, you you generally have this you know a few days before the Super Bowl before Super Bowl Sunday itself in that city because people start coming in like that yeah. Wednesdays the players Absolutely. come in all during the week like the the two yep. teams and then people in the radio row the media is there all week long and there's always something going on. Vegas is going to be unreal, but there's going to be popping. Oh my goodness! So I can imagine that when you guys have your event, all kinds of people show up. That I'm not even talking about the performers. I'm just talking about in the crowd.
3: So let me just say this: um, we have, um, we are just so blessed to have a team, primarily of women, that's actually producing this show mm-hmm. um, uh, with our founder Melanie Few. As I said. Uh, a young lady named Tasha Whitten, who's with Front Page PR out of Los Angeles, California, is doing our red carpet. And yesterday we were on our call, and we have over two hundred media outlets that are confirmed to be on our red carpet. Wow, worldwide, high, <laughs> worldwide mm-hmm. because of the level of celebrities and stars and people like that that's going to be, you know, at the event. So you have, you know, folks, you know, and again the Dallas connection. You have Marquise Bell. Yeah. You know he. Is going boy. to be um, there. Uh, you have CJ Stroud, you know, mm-hmm. from from Houston, who oh, will be the, there. He's probably
2: been the rookie of the year.
3: Yeah. So, um, and you know, none other than uh, Cedric the Entertainer and mm-hmm. Tashina Ono, who are uh, on CBS's The Neighborhood, you know, who will be there and who, who's actually hosting the show.
2: Look out, know, Ced- by the way. The by the way, Cedric is my frat brother. He's a Kappa, and okay. Tashina is my play cousin.
3: <laughs> it's always, but you know what? The And then, and then what more inspiration than to have the more Hamlin. Yes. Uh, the Buffalo the bill,
2: the yeah, Buffalo bill who, who yes. everybody was so concerned about over a year ago, for those who don't know his story, Monday night football game, he has a heart issue right there on the field and nobody knows knew if he had lived or he had died. They didn't know if they're going to continue the game. They wound up stopping the game. They rushed him to the hospital. He said afterwards, and everybody says it, if it weren't for the medical people on the field, the, the first responders, they saved his life. And then they were like, will he even be able to play football again? Will he be able to have a normal life? Mm-hmm. He not only has a normal life because they said he was an athlete, he could probably continue his career, and mm-hmm. he has. He is a miracle. He's a walking miracle. Exactly. So you're going, he's going to be a part of the program?
3: he's going to be a part of the program so his story obviously as you just described is a beacon of inspiration mm-hmm. for all of us and uh and so we're excited because it it, t- it took a lot of resilience and dedication and we're going to you know we're going to be a chance to hear and and get up close and com- uh up close and personal about his you know his journey and you know how he has overcome challenges and where he is right now and you know, so he's going to be on our red carpet. You know, I and, would be
2: surprised if they make a movie about him. Yeah, I I, I just would it's not be, be surprised. It's a story. It's an inspirational story. And like I said, a perfect venue uh, at the Super Bowl with the Super Bowl sofa celebration. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so
3: we taped the show on the 7th, Wednesday the 7th, mm-hmm. here again at the Palms. But then all of the, you know, your audience and everyone from around the country will be able to tune in to CBS on that Saturday. Is uh, that
2: right? They're going to carry it on CBS. It's going to carry on
3: CBS, Chris, Saturday, February the 10th. That's the big news. It's coming on CBS Saturday, February the 10th Congratulations! at 7 p.m. Uh, Nate Burleson and mm-hmm. the whole crew at CBS, uh, Nate Burleson is going to be receiving an a Inspiration Award as well. And so the Super Bowl Soulful Celebration February the 10th on CBS and Paramount. And so we want everyone to tune in and experience what we're going to be taping on Wednesday night here in Las Vegas.
2: It is absolutely amazing. And the Dallas connection is so strong. I, like I said, people in North Texas are so proud of you. And more importantly, the fact that this event is taking all these years, but it is, it's, it's gotten bigger and better yes. and stronger. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you put a whole lot of work into it year-round, just to line it yeah. all up.
3: Yeah, so you know, it is definitely a a two-year, you know, production process. So we're again, we are we follow the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as they start prepping, I mean, they already have a team, you know, that's you know, New Orleans is is set yeah. and venues and things of that nature. And, you know, so the the year from that, that location is set and it, it escapes me. But you know, they know locations probably what, five years in advance. Um, so they are there are host committees mm-hmm. all over this country. And who so will you be partner, hosting the super bowl. Yeah, you
2: partner with the host committees to get all of your stuff right. lined up, right? So my yeah,
3: you know, one of the major roles that I have is connecting the local communities. Uh like I do in Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my I I think that it's important that uh not only the faith community, but the local community has access to these major events that come into the city. And so I work with the Super Bowl host committees finding out, okay, who on the ground or who's who are the people that we need not to, you know, miss out on this experience. So we don't want it to just be a big corporate, you know, picnic, you know, a playground and where mm-hmm. people like you and I, you know, don't have access to participate in, you know, some of the official events. And so our event is one of those events that we tend to want to ensure that the community can touch, feel, see, and be a part of something you know, that is connected officially to the Super Bowl, and it won't break the bank.
2: That is fantastic. I got a question for you. If if you don't know yet, that's fine, but keep it on your radar. As you know, in 2026, Dallas-Fort Worth, AT&T Stadium is going to host and be a part of the World Cup. They're, yes. they're going to make the big announcement the whole nine yards a little mm-hmm. bit later. If, the, if Dallas, Fort Worth, North Texas will get the actual World Cup game itself, but the semifinals, definitely for sure. Have have you heard about any kind of participation on your end? Because I know there's a host committee and I know the economic impact is going to be substantial because it is the biggest sporting event in the world.
3: Yeah, I, I am trying to enter into that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, to bring our experience with, you know, engaging communities, you know, with the NFL with this big World Cup. So I'm aware that it's coming. Um, I have uh, a couple people that I know, you know, some of the business owners that are part of the host committee. And yeah, and so I'm trying to infiltrate that that space to be able to say, hey, let us make sure that we have some strategic uh, program structure that involves the community and the faith community in this large in this larger way and yeah. so in our faith community is is multi-faith you know so yes. it's just not you know one particular group i mean here in las vegas it's a large mormon uh community mm-hmm. and so uh I, I just yesterday and by the way i'm already in vegas okay <laughs> i appreciate I had, you stopping down yes ways. yeah <laughs> I had a meeting with um, a strategic meeting with some of the clergy leaders and Mm -hmm. faith leaders, you know, that included Mormons and the Imams and Christians and, you know, uh, that Jewish community, yeah. Mm -hmm. That Jewish community, just to be able to, you know, ensure that That everybody's involved, everybody's included. All inclusive.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you do. Tosca, you are just everywhere, and I see you at events, like I said. Your fingerprints are on so many different things behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. I mean, I've seen you at park dedications. I've seen you, you know, at at the Symphony Hall downtown. I've seen you, you know, you do a lot of things with Project Unity as well. I also know that you were helping coordinate the funeral funeral services when we lost one of our greatest icons, the late, great Congresswoman, Eddie Bernice Johnson. Can you talk about... What she meant to North Texas, I mean everybody, oh yeah every first of all i i'm I'm just fortunate enough that I had a good relationship with her over all these years, and she would always reach out to me from time to time and i can't I can't believe that she actually knows who I am, but she did and but you had a great relationship with her, and yeah. can you can you talk about what happened in the month of January as far as you know having to coordinate all the different dignitaries from all over the world mm-hmm. coming to her services.
3: Yeah. So just a, just a quick story. And so I, 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 as you know, I do a lot of work with Mr. Hiawatha Williams,
2: mm-hmm. um, who uh, who
3: is the franchise partner or franchise owner of Williams chicken. And, uh, and of course, Mr. Um, Roland Parish with Roland Parish as well. McDonald's. One of the things that I could tell you is that my my love for Congresswoman Eddie Bernice Johnson goes to my mother. Okay. And, um, and my mother's relationship with her as a postal worker. Wow. Okay. So Eddie Bernice Johnson was a friend to the middle class and to persons who, um, who, you know, everyday workers. Mm Mm-hmm. And I never forget that my mother was a a manager at the post office and they were having some, you know, some issues that needed to be addressed, you know, in Washington, D.C. And um, and they took the meeting with my mother and representing, you know, who was representing so many other people. And I want you to know that I was at that meeting with my mom. I probably was like nine or 10 years old, you know, 11 years old. Uh, And. And that meant so much, and that was my first time, you know, uh, being up close and personal with her. And so when her family contacted me and said that they needed some support and help with uh, not only the the press, Concord Church contacted me, you know, to come in and help with the press, and the family just didn't have anyone that was kind of wrangling all of the leaders that were coming for the event mm-hmm. uh, from Congress. And uh, and so I, it was my pleasure and my honor to serve her. Uh, the way that we were able to do that. So that was so, so amazing to me.
2: It it was an amazing thing. And again, she is a legend and she got respect from across all aisles. And I mean, she was just a very impactful woman. She was
3: impactful in, in just a natural way. Yes. You know, she was a community person, you know, mm-hmm. the years, she lived like in the neighborhood, you know, she lived at Oak Cliff and, you know, and, and, She never would, uh, the last time I invited her to a national summit on mass incarceration, we had it at Concord Church, it was 2016. And not only did she come to that, she's been a friend uh, and just been very generous with her time. So when she is back in in District 30, when she would be back in District 30, St. Paul United Methodist Church, historic church downtown Dallas, 150 years old Mm -hmm. now, You know, we could call on her to come, you know, during Black History Month because she was a living legend, you know, to talk about the history and her mind was so sharp and she could, you know, really kind of inspire other generations based on her journey. And so I think that's the most, I think that's the thing that I know that we will miss the most as a community and I think as a nation is her voice Mm
4: -hmm.
3: and the silence of her voice now Uh, must live through uh, what she shared when we were able to hear her and to feel her and to understand and know what her heart was as it relates to this country being the best that it could be and that each of us had a part in doing that.
2: Yes, that's her legacy. We're talking with Tosca Medlock Lee and uh, the late, great Eddie Bernice Johnson. And you mentioned Black History Month. It is February. And so I know you are busy, 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 busy beyond the (laughs) Super Bowl, soulful celebration. Can you talk about some of the things that you are that, you know, are going on in North Texas that people need to know about? I like the way you share your stories.
3: Yeah. So um, I like to say Black History 365. Mm -hmm. And we just use February as a highlight. Okay. Uh, And so things that are being highlighted this month is uh, that that is one of my favorite events uh, is the uh, Mayor's UNCF Ball.
1: Right. And you know,
3: that ball is going to recognize this year our friend our friend over at uh, St. Luke Community United Methodist Church and founder of Project Unity, Richie Butler and, uh, and his beautiful wife, Nisha. And so they are going to be the honorees. They will be honored this year at the UNCF. Um, United Negro uh, ga- College Fund. Yeah, United Negro College Fund's gala. And it is a premier event for Black History Month that that does not only recognize but it really raises significant money for uh students to attend college mm-hmm. uh especially historically black colleges and universities and so that is a that is a favorite of mine um uh, the other thing that we are planning is a uh, we're planning a movie screening and a conversation of the movie uh Origin uh, have you have you have you heard of that Chris
2: Tell me more
3: Oh my god so Origin is the movie that's based on the book uh what uh, cast. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that book is a New York Times bestselling book. And if you're and if your um listening artists audience, audience want to go check that book out um they should definitely do so but the movie the, the book is called Cast and it has been uh adapted to a film that has been, that's a uh, nominated and has been done by Ava DuVernay. Oh, that's Ava all DuVernay. you had to say. Yeah. She's and so the cast best. is that, you know, the Pulitzer Prize journalist, Isabel Wickerson, is who wrote the book cast. Mm-hmm. And so basically origin, you know, it just kind of does a chronology of the experiences of personal loss and love based on, you um,
2: um historical events
3: interracial interracial relationships yes
2: interracial relationships and in historical events i actually saw her doing an interview about this on television Yes, and she is absolutely i'm looking oh i'm looking forward to this
3: yeah so the end of the month and i and i don't have the exact date but i do know at the end of the month i don't have that in front of me that's okay maybe put it on your website it's going to be a community screening Mm -hmm. of that movie and a conversation uh, so oh, it was literally just released like two weeks ago, but uh, I think that I think it's going to be either that Saturday the twenty fourth or the last day, that last Sunday of the month. But I'll get you the information, and I'm really really excited about that because it kind of leans in like the work that Project Unity does, mm-hmm. but it's basically an opportunity for us to see a visual movie and then at the end have a conversation about what we saw these these experiences that were portrayed. If you haven't read the book. You know, you might want to read the book, but uh, but just the, the loss and, and it crosses all continents and cultures. And, yes. You know, um, and so it's, it's I think she, it she shot this op-
2: movie all over the world. I, I was yes. very impressed with yes. the way they were able to get all these different facts in and tell the stories and do, be on location for all of it.
3: Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So I really, really, really am looking forward to that, uh, to that screening and for us to look at it as a community. And so we're gonna we have talked to First United Methodist Church and so we're talking to just, you know, the just all different cultures mm-hmm. to, you know, for us to go to the movie together and have a powerful time at the movies and then have a very provocative conversation just about us. And I think that, you know, uh you know, and I want to switch the page, you know, just a little bit to the work of Project Unity, because this is really about our work. And, you know, and so as we really move into uh, 2024, and we're moving into an election season, and a number of places around the country are already at primaries, and, you know, we're doing the Hampton, Hampton, Hampton the Virginia, uh, all the primaries that's going on all over the country. One of the things that uh, that I think that we need to do is more of these types of movies mm-hmm. so that we could be intentional about muting the noise because if, to mute the noise is not to say anything, but to mute the noise, more importantly, is to listen.
2: Exactly. And by the way, I just the thought other something people's story. tell Pastor yeah. Butler, y'all should call this event Together We Screen. <laughs>
3: Together We Screen.
2: <laughs> yeah. You're screening the movie. Together we screen. And you wind yes. up talking about it. Cause you do yeah. the together we dine, together we ball. Yeah. There's a together we uh, okay. dine coming up, isn't there?
3: Yeah, tonight actually. Uh, well, they're doing one right now as we speak mm-hmm. uh, at Toyota, and they're doing one tonight at um, SMU, and then there's a community dine that's coming up. And you know, obviously, you know, if people just go to projectunity.net and check out that calendar, um, uh, you know, those dines are picking up. We just did three dines. We did one in Houston. We did one in um, we did one in Austin. We did one in San Antonio, all for Texas capital bank. And then, you know, so they are, we are traveling. We've getting invitations from New York, San mm-hmm. Diego, you know, so there's a crew of us that, uh, that now travel all over the United States, uh, to conduct these dines. Can you so, tell
2: people what, uh, together we dine is because a lot of people say I've heard of it, but I don't know all the details. And I think it's an absolutely amazing concept.
3: Yeah, so together we dine is a, is an opportunity, uh, really, for people to gather around uh, a, an eating experience, mm-hmm. uh, and talk and 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 share your experience about race and race relations and how we might lean into other people's stories, and uh, and, and 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 simply, uh, it gives us an opportunity to network with individuals and community members and. Operations is led by trained facilitators. Each table has a trained facilitator, and we participate in a healthy and structured dialogue um, uh, of individuals. And so, while you know, everybody's dying, oh, your while everybody while is everybody's dining,
2: having oh, having some food and talking and like mm-hmm. learning about each other, it's like wow, I didn't know that. And exactly. you find, and, and then you, get, you, get, you, get you get to tell your story. You could hear other people's stories. It's is fa- very mm-hmm. fascinating.
3: Yeah, you tell your experiences and then you listen to the stories of, of your fellow diner. And so, um, you know, so, the, I mean, it could be it could be a question as simple as, you know, describe the racial makeup of your community growing up.
2: Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you can talk the, about how you get your hair done. Or how you get your hair done. And find, you your hair yeah. And you find or out what you,
3: gives you hope about ex- race relations in America. Exactly. You know, so the little so things. It's the, it's just the, it's a it's a structured again it's a healthy conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not a conversation that is about uh, making. We're not trying to solve the world's problems. No,
2: it is it, it's, it's, like, it's just it's over, just sharing over, information. Over a, a exactly, <laughs> exactly. We're, we're not going to ask everybody to sign up and do this. And next thing you know, you're on a committee. No, this is mm-hmm. this is all it is 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 providing some information that you might not know about in a comfortable setting. And I think. Mm-hmm. I've heard and it's this a courageous
3: some... conversation. Yes. It's a conversation that allows people to lean in to a space that they would ordinarily not lean into in a safe way. Yes. Uh, by discussing your beliefs mm-hmm. and not by discussing what it is that you've experienced. Um, but the idea and at the bottom line of it all, and I want your listeners to hear this, is that it is to prove at the end of that dime that what unites us is greater than what divides us because you're going to be so surprised at the commonality yes. of your neighbor.
2: Mm-hmm. That you have so much more in common that you even ever thought about. And I also heard that some of the dines, because you learned this during the pandemic, some of them are virtual. You actually have some Zoom Absolutely. or Teams. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we also have community dines that are, uh, that are on Zoom. Mm -hmm. Uh, We probably do maybe a Zoom dine, maybe once a month. Uh, I will tell you that uh, uh, our next community dine is going to be on the 6th of February. That's an in-person dine, and it's going to be at the Episcopal Church of the Transformation. And so, you know, that's February the 6th. And then, uh, you know, some of them are private, some of them are online. You know, uh, some of them are community. And then on the 22nd of February for Black History Month, we're doing a special dine for the community with the Dialogue Institute uh, of Dallas. And again, those dates are available, you know, at ProjectUnity.net.
2: Fantastic. Tosca Medlock-Lee, before we let you get out of here, you are so busy and you're joining us from Las Vegas. Is there anything else we need to know that you want to share? Even about, well, I, I'm I'm just so impressed with your schedule. I don't know how you do it. When do you sleep?
3: You know what that that I get. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't play with the sleep. I don't play with the sleep. You know. So last night we went to have dinner uh, here in Vegas, and uh, when we came back, uh, a couple of the other team members. You know, they came to the room like like we were gonna like chop it up, and then they said the next thing we know, you put on your pajamas. I was like, uh. Uh-uh.
2: <laughs> you see, it's about that time. Yeah. I'm comfortable. It I got to get about comfortable
3: that time. because I knew I had to be with you this morning for better living. Well, so, I
2: appreciate um, that. Yeah.
3: but one of the things that I do want to do want to share is, you know, for for those who are listening who really want to uh, be connected and attached to causes, yeah, volunteer. That you yeah, to make sure that you're making an impact or to even understand, you know, uh, that the, the smallest thing that you could do uh, can make an impact in a very, very massive way. Because I consider the work of everybody that's listening to our, you know, under the sound of our voice as a pebble. If you just if you throw your pebble out. In the ocean, or in the in the sea of what needs to be done, then it is a sphere of influence. It's going mm-hmm. to influence the wave, you know. And so, I want to encourage people to uh, be where you are, start where you want to start, uh, but just make sure that you're living beyond yourself. And I think that that's better living.
2: Tosca, thank you so much for joining us. You, I couldn't have. I, there's no way I can top what you just said. I cannot thank you enough. And, you know, we will have to check back in with you and we will be watching the Super Bowl Soulful Celebration the Saturday night before the big game. That's right. Saturday,
3: February the 10th on CBS, 7 p.m.
2: Joining us right now is the CEO of Behind Every Door, Darian Lewis. D. Lewis, how you doing, man?
5: I'm good, man. It's uh, such a privilege to be on with you, man. I'm so grateful.
2: I am so excited to talk to you because you guys have been doing such wonderful things. For those who don't know, Behind Every Door runs community centers, helping people discover their gifts and purposes, nurturing those gifts and purposes, and then helping them all overcome various barriers. And you guys have been doing this for a little while, but more importantly, the reason I got in touch with you is I had a chance to go out there to City Crest. You guys basically took over City Crest Community Center and completely remodeled it. It's just an amazing facility. Can you please talk about the grand opening and the fact that you guys have created an incredible facility at Cedar Crest?
5: Yeah, man. Uh, You You said, where do I begin, right? (laughs) Yeah, this is, it's, it's very surreal. Um, you know, we, we've been very fortunate, very blessed um, to see the vision through. God gave us a vision, and we just stepped into it. Um, this was built on the back of prayer, and we jumped in, and um, the rest is history. Um, so – we got the opportunity to purchase this 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 staple from the Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a 50 year staple in the community, um, built in the early 1970s. Yeah. I mean, there were so many incredible people that came through here. Like King and Martin played at this community center. Wow. And actually, the team he played for um, went to Finland at the age of 11 and they they won gold wow. in the olympics <laughs> um, they're just it's just that type the of history, history yeah that makes this this not only this community center incredible but the community incredible so um they lost access in 2018 um you know when the salvation army decided to part ways mm-hmm. and um we were invited into the conversation of purchases We actually closed on it 2020 when everything shut down the day, everything shut down. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, $14 million later and a ton of faith, we have probably one of the most incredible facilities, I would say, um, inside of the Oak Cliff area.
2: It's absolutely amazing. Let me paint a picture for people.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink
2: The Cedarcrest Crest Center is an eight-acre property, including a 20,000-square-foot community center, a 4,000-square-foot church building, a full-size football and baseball field. It's surrounded by over 17,000 neighbors, more than 1,000 teens and children who attend the elementary and high schools within a quarter-mile Roosevelt. It's right over there. Town View is right over there. It's like right there in the heart of Oak Cliff, right there in South Oak Cliff, and it, it's been there for so long. But then, like you said, this century, it was mostly shut down. And now it's, it's brand spanking new. And it's just absolutely amazing. I, I was fortunate enough, the Dallas Mavericks uh, dedicated the basketball court there. I was there for that, for all the festivities. You gave me a walkthrough. And I was, I was was I was grinning because I was surprised and impressed that you have a golf simulating room that – was that jordan speeth or was that scottish shepherd that, that put that together for you guys
5: yeah so jordan speeth and his foundation decided to jump in along with other some major key partners um that helped us pull this through and they uh, the part that um, Jordan Speed played um, was with the golf simulator, uh, with the full swing golf simulator that can do not only golf, but do basketball, baseball, mm-hmm. rugby, soccer. And then we also learned that we can use it for STEAM education as well.
2: Fantastic. I mean, it's, it's just an amazing facility. And again, it's now open, or is it officially open? I mean, that, that might have been a soft opening. Or that might have been a partial open. Tell us where you are with Cedar Crest right now.
5: Yeah. So Cedar Crest, we had a soft opening to celebrate with our donors um, and all the key partners that jumped in with us to to execute this. It was just a dedicated moment with them. Um, And then we dedicated the court that the Dallas Mavs did, which is a beautiful gymnasium. Um, The Dallas Mavericks and Hannah, um, they were they were just a phenomenal group to work with. And we were just so grateful to have the support of the Dallas Mavs um, involved. But yeah, so right now, currently, um, we are gearing up to have an official open in April. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll officially be like just fully operational in April. Um, We had a couple key partners um, like Veritex Bank, who's putting a bank branch on the inside of our community center, which is the first ever in this sector. Um to actually combine the communal sector of a, a recreational community center and actually put it inside of a bank like a bank branch, a fully functioning bank branch to close the proximity of banking to a underserved marginalized community that is um, fantastic.
2: let me let me pause right there and let that marinate for a second. There yeah. is a bank, vertex bank inside the community center
5: yes wow. yes. so we we'll, we're we're currently working in partnership um uh, with. Veritex Bank um, to develop specific um, community-sensitive sen- programs mm-hmm. um, that will be specific to the Cedar Crest neighborhood, um, that will help improve homes, that would allow mortgages to even happen, um, that would help people set up a, a special accounts, second-chance accounts. There are just a ton of things that uh, we're excited to roll out with Veritex. And uh, we're, we're, we're super excited because uh, we, we have the permit and we should have Veritex officially um, in the building within the next six weeks.
2: It's fantastic because I think part of the equation, you're going to be able to enhance and show people how to learn about financial literacy. In other words, yes, how sir. to how to have their money work for them, let alone banking skills.
5: Absolutely. And one of the ways that we've used bank partners in the past is um, with the financial literacy pieces, um, our learnings from what we've learned from our young adults, which were once kids in our programs Mm -hmm. and their desire to learn how to be an adult earlier. Um, Life hit in such a way that, you know, it was really like reactive for a while. Yeah. But those proactive life skills of learning how to be a healthy adult, um, sometimes kids our kids would they don't get to learn that until they become adults i.e i was one of them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and still one of them in so many ways but um, we we travel with our kids and we take our kids across the country to get them beyond their uh social context so we've traveled to places like dc atlanta took them to museums um allowed them to see colleges but Along that journey, we, we, we empower our kids by giving them finances during that time to mm-hmm. manage themselves and have a financial advisor walk alongside them so that they can learn financial literacy in real time and allow them the opportunity um, to get that knowledge and get that practical experience and fail safe early so that when they're adults, um, they know how to navigate that well with their with their finances and their family. You know, so that's just one of many ways we'll we'll continue to expound and maximize our opportunities.
2: I, I just absolutely love this, and I've also, I've I've heard someone say this, and I've kind of replicated it, and I'm sure you do it in your own way as well. We want to teach kids, you know, especially when you talk about even in sports or being competitive, you know, it's not just winning and losing; it's winning and learning. Right. Because when you you can you can win, but if you don't win, you can learn from it. You can learn from the loss or the mistake or the failure. It's never over unless you quit. It's winning or learning. And I like the way you guys are, are teaching kids and enlightening them. And let me just before we talk some more about all of your programs, I want to let people know some more what's going to be at Cedar Crest. You're going to have a a Light Path Health Clinic, a mental health clinic, after-school programming, sports leagues and programs, youth and adult, a fitness room. We mentioned the golf simulator. They can also do basketball. You got the kitchen, the boardroom, which is able to host corporate gatherings, and I think it's going to be a a natural site, by the way, for corporate gatherings because, I mean, it's just absolutely beautiful right there. Um, The classrooms, the Covenant spaces, prayer and work worship spaces. I mentioned the football field, the baseball field, a soccer field, locker rooms. A lot of community centers don't even have the locker rooms. So Cedar Crest is, I'm gonna say it's arguably the best community center that's gonna open here in North Texas, not just Dallas, in North Texas, because it covers so many grounds and there's a lot of communities out there for different parts of north texas for kids in need underserved communities the whole nine yards but you guys got a beacon here i'm I'm so impressed darian
5: oh man that's very kind that's very very kind and that's that's it feels like a lot to live up to but we just we serve a god that's really faithful and we're just excited about the opportunity i think You know, I grew up in the Pleasant Grove area of Dallas, Mm -hmm. and um, I grew up in a lot of the circumstances that um, a lot of our kids face in Oak Cliff. I mean, I had a ton of friends that lived in the Oak Cliff area. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, you know, um, I know for a fact, playing against the team that will be represented here at the community center, that a lot of our circumstances were the same. And we were all just kids in different neighborhoods experiencing a lot of the same things. And to have a community center like this that's going to be as state of the art as it is um, aesthetically, but um, as warm and loving
1: yeah.
5: um, and connecting kids and in, in, in adults even with um, caring adults and loving people and just here to want to be here to meet needs and help people go to the next level and create hope. I mean, it's gonna be a game changer. You typically don't see this in our neighborhoods. There are some really fun organizations that's doing similar work um, that we are fans of for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the there's a scarcity in the, these type of resources inside of our um,
2: underserved neighborhoods to say the least. It is definitely life-changing. We're talking with uh, Darian Lewis. He is the CEO of the nonprofit Behind Every Door. I love your organizations. Like I said, you know, reaching out to different community centers, organizing them, running them. And I was on the website and your website, by the way, for people who don't know, this is the 21st century. If you're a nonprofit, you have to have a website, a website. <laughs> that that shows people what you're all about because that's your business card. I mean, you, you need to, I'm just revising people who are listening you need to make sure your website represents you well because that's the first impression you make on potential partners, potential volunteers, those who say, you know what, I want to do something with them. So you, you should definitely set aside resources, some of your resources for the website. So your website is absolutely amazing. One of the things I, that stood out was the 5E Framework Program. Can you talk about the five E's?
5: yeah so since uh we have a little updating to do but okay um we've now evolved into six look at um it. so our, fr- our our six e's is really built to meet people where they are mm-hmm. we ultimately um, since conception have believed that um our work is strengthened by the relationships we build and it is those relationships that ultimately influence the work we get to do because we t- contextualize our learnings in the way um that um allow us to um you know meet the community where they are and allow them to feel seen and heard mm-hmm. um the beady pathways guided by our six e's is literally a pathway but it's less a process and more cyclical um, it allows for us to do life with people daily being mm-hmm. present and engaged with them mm-hmm. it allows for us to provide them the education That is necessary for their success. It allows for us to generate encounters positive encounters, whether it's um, a faith side of that, or whether it's just introducing people and making the right connections with the beliefs that people are one right relationship away for their life, transforming for the good. And then figuring out ways to allow people to express themselves in ways that are really healthy Mm -hmm. um, and avoid risky behaviors, you know, and make smart decisions. And then there's the exploration side that um, over the course of the relationship with us, uh, you'll get an opportunity to explore with us. And that's um, where I brought up earlier with the kids being able to travel with us um, and go on immersion trips where they get to go behind the scenes of, um, certain things and certain um, businesses and colleges and and cultures and museums and different things like that to really expand their scope um, and you know hopefully build a sense of belief in them that they can they can do something game changing in the world and then we want to evaluate evaluate is that six E that we added mm-hmm. because we want to know does is is everything we're doing working we want to mm-hmm. know how effective it is mm-hmm. and. Through all the six E's, success looks like people living hopeful lives and walking in the fullness of who God created them to be. We're excited to see them develop. We're excited to see people be who they are and um, really exist without the pressures of the the environmental factors and just literally be themselves, be the best version of
2: it. I absolutely love all of this stuff. And again, this is not just for kids or or school-aged children, I mean, it's for seniors. I mean, this is yes. for working mm-hmm. with all age groups. Um, I, again, your, your, your six pillars, your your 6E framework, I just love it. Let, let me, I'm going to break it down again for all the listeners and put it in order, and then you can say a couple of things like you just did about the different ones. Engagement, and that's where you say yeah. that you get out and you, you reach out to people, right?
5: Yeah. You get to know them. You get to knock on doors. You get
2: to meet people where they are and you start
5: the relationship building and hopefully um, earn trust to, you know, that they see you more than just um, a community center operation, but they get to see you as a neighbor.
2: Exploration. You mentioned that's where you guys go out. You take the kids, you take groups out to to outside of just the communities. Yeah. We've
5: even taken parents, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's um, kids traveling the world or whether it's parents who need a night off, you know, um, based off what we learned, you know, mom's night off, taking them out to eat, mm-hmm. just having some adult time and just having a great time and loving on each other.
2: Number three is education. Cause that is a huge focus on what you're trying major. to major. Yep.
5: And education is really, you know, it can be formally, um, academically, mm-hmm. or there could be life skills and applying applicable, um, healthy, you know, um, experiences uh, where people can feel safe and grow um, and be who they need to be um, exactly. and learn everything they need to learn.
2: Whether it's literacy, the arts, exposure to new yep. learning experiences, mm-hmm. it's all about growth, and education is how you grow. Expression. Absolutely. Expression. This is a healthy expression. Let's talk about that a little bit because I think that's important as well.
5: Yeah. So social and and emotional learning is a big thing, especially with our kiddos, and just learning how to navigate behaviors. Um, there are a ton of studies that. Um, are actually working against our our people in regards to their behaviors and how they respond. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we want to do is help people avoid risky behaviors Mm -hmm. um, by generating hope and putting them in more um, protective um, factors that, um, set them up for success, but we got to navigate it. We got to have teachable moments. We got to have in time moments and we got to learn how to navigate our, our wellness. Um, and mental health is a part of that.
2: Yes, it is. And you know what? I'm glad you, you brought that up because in all seriousness, sometimes kids internalize and, you know, self-esteem is a mm-hmm. big things in internalized beliefs, communication, self-awareness, like you mentioned, mental health, conflict resolution, all of these things are huge, and that's part of the expression part, where, like you said, there's learning moments here where, you know, people or kids cannot get misunderstood if they know how their behavior is sometimes a reflection on, okay, either not how you were raised, but guess what? You ha- you have to do better if you want to get ahead. You got to show people where you want to be. Am I wrong?
5: No. Yeah, I think you're on part. I think the only thing I would add to that is, like, you know from from that from that instance we all have a place in us that um that we're searching for mm-hmm. um, in regards to healing and we all want to be our best healed self and to be your best self um that requires a process of um getting to a healed place and being able to express ourselves healthy and and not from from a place of thriving and 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 not a place from trauma. Exactly. You know? And
2: in other words, mm-hmm. you can see if some, if a kid is acting out, well, maybe there's some trauma involved there. And so you got to go back to the, the mental Tra- wellness. Yep. Yep.
5: And that's the relationship part. You got to understand where they are. And mm-hmm. that's why engagement is so important. That's why it's less of a process and more cyclical. Mm-hmm.
3: Because
5: I might see something or a behavior in a kid, and I thought I knew the kid in one way, or knew the parent, or knew the senior in one way. And I need to re-engage them in a different way to understand why this behavior is at the forefront or why this person being triggered this way and hopefully walk alongside of them and and help them um, be the best version of themselves as we are all growing together.
2: You also have Encounter. And I like this one as well because, you know, as a faith-based organization, you guys have a a big value for the presence of God. Can you talk about, the encounter part where if people choose to, you can help guide them toward a love of, of of God and Jesus and whoever else that they look up to as far as faith is concerned.
5: Yeah. So that can, that can exist formally in like your Bible studies or your uh, kind of formal approach. We don't, we are not a church. We don't have a church. Mm -hmm. Uh, We believe honestly that, the love of god is demonstrated through our actions and so we show up and we be present and we try to love people the way christ did um i think john fifteen twelve articulates to love and unselfishly seek the best for one another just as christ has done for us so we just want to remember that in our actions and in our encounters um and just like god has given us a choice we give people a choice. It's optional. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't believe or if you're, you're not faith oriented, doesn't mean that we can't serve you. It doesn't exactly. mean that we can't love on you. It's just, that's
2: just our bend. Exactly. And what was the sixth one again? Cause you, you just added that one. Evaluate. On. Mm-hmm.
5: I think we, you said what well, we did. Uh, did we do exploration?
2: Yes, we did.
5: Okay. So evaluate would be it. Yeah. So this is where, uh, we're hoping to shift the narrative a bit typically mm-hmm. in our sector it's important that we obviously gather metrics and gather data um, but we want to invite people into that process. Uh, we don't want people we don't look at people like numbers we see value in them and we believe in them. and so there's a bottom-up approach that we want to uh, take with that that will allow people and invite them in. To the to the data process and we want to do it through goal setting mm-hmm. and 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 see people set goals meet those goals and actually track their process along the way and just you know sometimes you, the, the 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 i would you say the weight of life can set in in a way to where you just Sometimes you can just process things negatively mm-hmm. um, and you don't really see the places in the light in your life where you're winning. Mm-hmm. Our hope is to invite them into the evaluation space of themselves through self-reflection to be able to help them see, hey, you know, you're actually winning in this area. It's I, not as bad as you think it is I and hopefully it. generate hope to help people see a version of themselves that maybe they didn't
2: see before. I love that, and also it, it gives some people confirmation because they can see the numbers or they can see a diagram that shows, right. guess what? It is not as bad as you think it is. Right, right,
5: right. I, I or, love or it, it could or
2: be it, worse. Or it could be worse, exactly. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. and it shows you mm-hmm. how you can direct your energies in a, in a, in a better way. Um, I, I, by the way, again, if, if you're just now joining us, uh, Darian Lewis, he's the CEO of the nonprofit Behind Every Door. You guys are in various community centers. Why community centers?
5: Yeah, so when we started in 2009, community centers organically found us. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in the office trying to figure out, our team um, was in the office trying to figure out, like, what would the strategy be, you know? And then there were kids that threw, that were throwing rocks at the window. Mm. And we invited them in, gave them some snacks, and started to learn from them and those kids informed community centers because we realized very quick that the kids had nothing to do. And from learning from the kids and doing the kids well over time, we got access to the parents. And from the parents, we got access to the households. And from the households, uh, we started to impact um, community one household at a time. So from there, you know, it's exactly where we felt like the need was. And that was our way to be present and stay present and sustain ourselves and create sustainability inside of neighborhoods. Um, So that was pretty much the reason why.
2: Yeah. Community centers, as you guys say, have common values, programming structure, funding, and they have autonomy to adapt to the needs and desires of the community that they're in. In other words, they're specific to their neighborhoods. They're, they're, those neighborhoods. Put it like this. Dallas, Fort Worth, North Texas. It's all one. But guess what? In different pockets, people have different needs, different things going on. And the community centers are like the where people kind of go to. They That's where they can kind of find each other. That's where, you know, sometimes after school programs for kids where they are. Like you said, the bingo games for the seniors. That's where they are. I just love the fact that that's where you guys decided to set up shop in the various community centers. How many community centers uh, are you guys located in or working with right now?
5: Yeah, currently we're into mm-hmm. um Over our, we turned 15 this year, our 15 year period we've been in a total of five. Look out. Um, nice. Yeah, so we, we're currently into, and by the end of um what is that quarter two will be uh, centered our focus here at Cedar Crest. Um, what makes unique, well, what makes Cedar Crest unique for us is it's the first time um, that we've stepped into actual ownership mm-hmm. um, of our own space. Um, typically, we partner with apartment companies or apartment units, mm-hmm. um, and you know, in this case, this allows us the autonomy um, to kind of do it our way and. Um, to have some sustainability as owners in, inside the community instead of uh, leaseholders.
2: You mentioned Behind Every Door and how, you know, the nonprofit got started and where you are right now. Darian, I want to know how you got involved with Behind Every Door because you're, you're a dynamo yourself. I know you don't like to talk about yourself, but I do want people to get a chance to know you a little bit. And I'm just so impressed at the work that you do. How did you find this particular organization, this nonprofit, to do yeah. the stuff that you do, because your story is also pretty pretty impressive.
5: Yeah, so I grew up in the Pleasant Grove area of Dallas.
2: PG, um, are you with me? A lot of
5: the <laughs> – yeah, I love PG. Uh, so I feel like a traitor in Oak Cliff right now. But, no, I'm just
2: joking. <laughs> I know. But yeah, um,
5: yeah, needless like to that. say, yeah. um, I grew up uh, – my mom was a 17-year-old mom. I'm mm-hmm. uh, still trying to figure it out. Uh, It was me and her, and we lived at our grandparents' house. We come from very, very humble beginnings. And um, as we navigated life, I saw a lot of things. By the age of 17, I had um, four friends who were shot and killed, um, who were very near and dear to me, you know, Um, very close to seeing that happen from from a gun violence situation. Mm -hmm. And then by the age of 21, two cousins who were like brothers, who we all were spending the night and... Loving on each other, like I was at each other's house. Two of them were shot and killed, and both was the gun violence.
2: Oh man!
5: And um, had the, you know, God's humor um, took me down a path to go play quarterback at uh, Langston University. Shout out to the HBCUs. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I played That's quarterback My nephew there. graduated. Had some success there. Came home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with a degree. You know, thought I was going to get a job. Because um, I had a degree, kind of naive in that, in that regard, but um, God sent me to the Dallas Juvenile Department. Uh, had no clue, had no background. That's, that wasn't my degree, but that was where I was called. And um, you know, I, at that point, you know, I started seeing um, a lot of the challenges that our, our, our young people were facing. Uh, whether it was inside working inside the um, juvenile detention center for 13 months, and then being promoted to a probation officer. Uh, so seeing it from both sides, uh, from a communal perspective and an inside perspective, was just life changing. I started volunteering with Behind Every Door in 2014, and my heart was always to figure out ways to disrupt um, desperation mm-hmm. and disrupt those things that killed my friends, and to disrupt the things that uh, could so easily, you know, cause us to live from a space of desperation. Um, and so, um, I was invited to come on by my predecessor, who was one of the founders of Behind Every Door. And I started out as a volunteer, eventually came on, um, in 2017 and, um, was invited to, invited into leadership. And, um, literally my predecessor was like, Hey, I was praying for a Joshua and he sent you and I would love for you to take over the company. And I have just been in leadership in the company at this level for about three and a half years now.
2: You are an amazing man. This is an amazing story. And where you are right now with Cedar Crest and what it's doing and what it's going to even do even more is just mind blowing. Can you, can you imagine, I mean, did you imagine in your wildest dreams what it would be like right now in 2024 with where you are when you just graduated from Langston? This is amazing. Yeah, I,
5: I, Yeah, I had no (laughs) clue. Uh, If you had told me when I walked across the stage in Langston that this was going to be it, I I wouldn't have known it. I I would have been like, okay, great, but I guess we'll see, you know? But um, no, I I always knew that there was something amazing coming, and there's still a lot of amazing things to be revealed. God has me on the journey, and I'm excited about it. Um, And I'm just excited to be a part of this journey and had the opportunity to be a part of the vision here envisioning this place out um i literally like every ounce of feedback i gave towards this place and helping vision it out um came from a lived experience and a lived space and mm-hmm. wanting to dream up the perfect spot if i was in pleasant grove as a kid growing up and what would be conducive to me and my family because my we really needed a behind every door you know maybe would have saved some of my friends lives to have a behind every door But I'm so grateful to be a part of of this opportunity and this company and um, excited to see where God takes us in the foreseeable future.
2: Darian, it was a pleasure having you on. We will have you on again. Darian Lewis is the CEO of the nonprofit Behind Every Door. Thank you all for joining us on Better Living, a show about people or organizations having a big impact in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. So long, everybody.